All right, we are going to finish our series. We're on week seven of Reboot. And basically, this is a vision series. We've been talking about our vision statement, reach up, rise up, reach out, because this is the the core of who we are. And I feel like 2020, of course, had all its heart pitfalls, all of its challenges. It was a difficult year. And I also felt like some people got a little bit off track on their faith and maybe got focused on these heart pitfalls, focused on political things, focused on, you know, pandemics, focused on, you know, uh, social unrest or, you know, things along those lines and got kind of distracted from walking with Jesus. And so the reboot concept is, you know, when my computer doesn't work, I shut it off, turn it back on. And usually that solves the problem. And for us as believers, instead of getting all distracted and pulled this way and that in the wrong ways, we need to reboot, make sure that we are at our normal factory settings and serving the Lord effectively. But last week we talked about not being selfish, but being a servant. If we're called to follow Jesus Christ, part of that calling is to not be selfish, not to please yourself, not to make it all about you, but to be a servant, to please others, to glorify the Lord and to help other people grow. So we're not called to have God help us. We're called to be servants of the Lord and servants of other people. That's the factory setting today. We're going to look at another factory setting as we finish this up. This factory setting is that we as followers of Jesus are called to overcome. We're called to be overcomers. There's lots of stuff in this life that can run us over. There's lots of stuff that can uh, overcome us, but we're not called to be overcome. We are called to overcome. We're called to be overcomers. What do we overcome? All kinds of different things. I'll give you just a few examples here. First one is separation or estrangement from God, a distance from God, a fear of God, a lack of a relationship with God, a lack of an understanding with God. We overcome that and we come into a right relationship with God where we can walk with God in this life. There's the evil and darkness of this world. You know, we overcome, we're called to be agents of change, to come against the evil and the darkness of this world and overcome. We overcome lies and the devil's schemes. There's all kinds of, I tell you what, getting free from believing lies about yourself, believing lies about other people, not being fooled by the devil's schemes. Man, when we overcome that, that's huge, huge, huge stuff. There's unbelief and fear. We overcome unbelief and fear. There's our own personal weaknesses and failures. We overcome our weaknesses and failures. There's obstacles and disadvantages that we have in life, etc., etc. There's just there's no end to the amount of obstacles and challenges than things that we need to overcome in this life. The good news is that we as followers of Jesus are called to overcome. We're not called to be overcome and to be crushed and to lose and just be okay with it. We're called to overcome. We're called to get the victory. I want to read a section of scripture that this will preach, man. I tell you what, I could get excited about this and preach this. But as we like to do here at Good Hope Church, I'm going to preach the fun side. And then we're going to look at the more challenging side because it's, it's all in there and we need to have a realistic and accurate understanding of how this works. So let's go to Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 17 through 20. This is where Jesus sends out the 72. He's sending out basically ministers to go into communities to prepare the way for him to then come and do ministry later. 
And as they do these preliminary outreaches into these communities, they see the hand of God moving and incredibly wonderful things are going on. And this is what we get with the return of the 72. And they tell Jesus how it went. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. All right. So there is authority that the believer in Jesus has authority to be able to overcome Verse 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So this is the authority of the believer. And there's just a few things I want to talk about with this. You know, there's so many different things to overcome, so many different things to grab hold of. But one of the things that we see here is Jesus giving authority to his believers to overcome the devil, overcome the evil one. You know, they said that even the demons submitted to them in his name. And so what is that? What are we talking about? This isn't something we necessarily talk about in polite society a whole lot. But the reality is, a number of you that are listening right now that are watching this have had problems with evil spirits, with dark spirits in your life, and you need to figure out how to do battle with them. And let me make it really, really simple for you. I heard this from a preacher one time. His name is Pastor Keith Moore. And he said, you know, when you're dealing with the demonic, it's very simple. Just tell them to shut up and to get out. <laughs> shut up and get out. You're dealing with stuff like this. You know, not everybody does. Again, it's as difficult to uh, talk about in polite society. But if you're dealing with evil spirits, with dark spirits, then you need to submit your life to God. And then you will have authority in Christ to tell them to leave. So it's very important that you submit to God and then you resist the devil. That's how that works. You have authority in Christ. Here's how I see it. Now, if I'm going to go toe-to-toe with some evil spirits, you know, then who am I? But if I've got Jesus backing me up, who are they to him? So I can't go on my own. I need to go under the authority in the power of Christ. Then I can stand against evil spirits and that sort of a thing. So if you're dealing with these sorts of deals, submit yourself to Christ, then, you know, you can resist the devil and he will flee. Shut up. Get out. Don't, don't sit and have a conversation. Don't listen to lies. Shut up. Get out. That's what you need to do. So that's a very quick explanation of that. But let me tell you, if that's something you're dealing with, then you can have authority in Christ to overcome those things. Now, this is great. Jesus says, you know, nothing will harm you. You've got, you can trample on snakes and scorpions. You've got authority over all the power of the enemy. I mean, this is great. This is, this could preach, man. I could keep going over and over. This is just like Israel coming out of the promised land. You know, God's fighting Israel's battles for her, you know, sending all the plagues on Egypt so that Israel be set free and then going in. You got Jericho's walls falling down. You know, you got the, the overcome 
overcoming of the giants. You get an amazing, amazing thing going on there with the nation of Israel, a slave nation overcoming their captors and then taking the promised land for themselves from the giants. It's amazing the power of God to overcome for these individuals. I just got to say, I learned the lessons of Israel coming out of Egypt into the promised land when I taught elementary boys Sunday school. That was my first ministry position. I was at a church and I heard about a Sunday school teacher meeting. They, they were recruiting Sunday school teachers. And so I showed up for the Sunday school teacher meeting, you know, a young man in his 20s. And they were shocked to see this <laughs> to them, this kid show up to teach Sunday school. And uh, I took on the, the elementary boys Sunday school. And we went through the story of the nation of Israel being set free from Egypt and going into the promised land. And it really showed me the overlap of our own personal story and the story of the nation of Israel, how, you know, we're often born in bondage. We're born in, you know, a circumstance then circumstances that aren't good, that we need to break free from, that we need to get out of. But then we also need to conquer the land and get our own life going. It's not just about getting free from Egypt. It's about going into the promised land and fighting the giants and overcoming and grabbing hold of the promises that God has given for us. This is our personal experience as well as the history of the nation of Israel. And I tell you what, that'll preach. I could talk about that all day long and it'd be awesome. Overcome the power to overcome God's calling on our life and we can make it happen. That's the good news. But there's also bad news. And that is that overcoming power isn't automatic. We don't just automatically win. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'm on the rolls at the church. I automatically win. That is just not true. We have to fight. We have to battle. We can have losses. It can go poorly. It's not just that we always win. We can fail. So when we're talking about being called to overcome, it's not just automatic. You don't just sleep your way through and then you win. We've got to fight. We've got to battle because we can lose. How's that for exciting? I'm going to go to 2 Peter chapter 2, and this will be where we, we deal with this. 2 Peter 2, 17 through 22. I want to go through this here. Peter is dealing with some people who are causing significant problems in the church. And uh, I want to kind of extrapolate that to our personal experience. So here we go. These people are springs without water and mists driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them. For they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves to depravity for people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. So what is that talking about? Well, it's talking about people who are like the shallow soil or the weedy soil, or they, they get going and they're escaping the corruption of the world. They're starting to find the truth, but then it all falls apart. 
They're like a dog returning to its vomit. They're like a sow that is washed and returns to her wallowing in the mud. It turns into a big mess. Now, I don't want people to start thinking that they get walking on eggshells around God. You know, I mean, the reality is that we can trust in the Lord and we can have security in being a child of God. It's not like we're walking on eggshells around God. You make one little mistake and you're out. That's not what this is talking about. But this is talking about people who are running the race and they're called to overcome, but it doesn't happen. They fail. It falls apart. They fall back into the old ways. They backslide into the old ways. And this is something that is possible. You can fail. Now you've seen it. Haven't you seen people fail? Seen people who had tremendous potential, tremendous opportunities, things that God had put before them and they, they lost it. I've been a pastor now for over 20 years. I'm in my 21st year of actual like lead pastor serving the Lord in that capacity. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, I've seen a lot of things happen. You know, there's so many people who were great mentors to me who are out of ministry now, whose lives are in rough shape, who are in difficult spots. And it didn't have to be like that. You know, so many people were serving the Lord and then it kind of went off the rails. I'm not making a determination on whether or not they are saved or they're going to heaven or not. That sort of a thing. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is they could have overcome a circumstance. They could have overcome and seen a victory. And instead they didn't. Instead they went to jail. Instead their marriage fell apart. Instead it didn't work. Instead... What they ended up with is the other part of the story of the nation of Israel coming out of Egypt. It wasn't just God doing the plagues and showing Egypt that he loved the the children of Israel and and the Israelites getting set free from Egypt and then going into the promised land and the walls of Jericho fall. There was also the wandering in the desert. There was also a generation of people who because of their lack of faith in God and Instead of going into the promised land to take the land and face the giants, they held back and refused to go and they did not overcome. They died in the desert. 40 years they wandered in the desert because they failed to take the land. They failed to even try to trust the Lord on it. And so this is a legit possibility that you don't actually overcome in that circumstance. Now, again, I'm not talking about losing your salvation or anything along those lines. I'm talking about you had the chance to overcome. You had the chance to be used by God, and instead you didn't. You had the chance to learn and grow and really get the victory, but you didn't. It can go either way. How do we make it work? How do we get it to actually happen? Because, again, you've seen it. You've probably experienced it. You know, in different parts of your life, you have the overcoming that happens here, and then you have the failure that happens here. How do we get it to work? I want to go to an example. And then I want to give just a couple, maybe tips. They give you, let me talk about an opportunity to overcome that all of us have in life. And that is to forgive. We have an opportunity to either be overcome by the darkness of this world, the sin that happens to us or people that we love, or we can overcome through forgiveness. And let's look at that. I want to go to uh, Romans chapter 12. I'll read 17 through 21. And this is talking about the human condition of having to deal with people who sin against you, people who harm you and those that you love. And that happens to everybody. So how do we deal with it? It's right here in the Bible. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. 
Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, when we talk about heaping burning coals, I'm not going to go into that, but hey, you can Google that. The idea behind it is if you are good to people who do evil to you, eventually they'll realize that they're the one doing the evil. But if you escalate, if, you know, if they push you, so you punch them, they're not going to feel bad for pushing you. They're going to be upset that you punched them. So the idea is they push you, you return kindness for the evil. And then that is what brings them to repentance. That's what heaps burning coals on their head. That's what that's talking about. These verses are how we deal with the human condition of needing to forgive. Evil hits you. You know, we all get hit by that. We don't want to be overcome by it, but we want to overcome evil with good. So instead of being overcome, now evil hits us and we respond to that by turning our hurt and our vengeance over to God. You know, leave room for God's wrath. This isn't saying it was fine. It doesn't mean that it was all good. It doesn't mean that it was fair, anything like that. But we turn it over to God. God, you deal with them. It is yours to avenge, you repay. I'm going to release it. That's what we're taught to do. And then you return good for evil. Instead of evil for evil, now you give good for evil. They say something mean, you say something kind. That's how that works. And then the good prevails in the long run. That's how we're supposed to do this. Now, of course, this goes in the easier said than done category. Just like Romans 5, a few chapters back into Romans chapter 5, and we have a similar concept in Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. And it says this, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know, when evil hits us, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's challenging. Just like here, glorying in your sufferings because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Does suffering always produce perseverance? Not always. Have you ever known somebody or you've gone through something and your suffering produced depression, despondency, brokenness, rather than perseverance and character and hope? What makes the difference? How do we go from suffering to perseverance and character and hope? How do we go from not being overcome by evil to overcoming evil with good? How do we do that? Well, you've got to combine the suffering that you're going through, the evil that is hitting you with faith to overcome, trusting in God and faith that he will make something good out of this. You've got to believe in that. You've got to add overcoming faith to your suffering in order to win. I want to tell you uh, what I call the harpoon story. Um, I think I heard this years and years ago, and I've told it so many times that I feel like maybe it's my idea, but I'm sure I got it from somewhere. So, this is the idea of overcoming when you need to forgive, when an, when an egregious evil has been done and you are the recipient of it. You are the one who is damaged. I see it like old fashioned whaling ships. 
where they would harpoon the whale and then they would just be connected to the whale and the whale would drag them around and then they'd try to just get more harpoons in them to finally kill the whale. And this is like sin in this world, the the things that we need to overcome. When somebody does something evil to us, to somebody we love, it's like getting hit with that harpoon. And then the harpoon is in and we're damaged, but it does more than just damage us. It creates a connection between us and the person who has wronged us, the person who has sinned. And so that bond, that connection is something that needs to be broken in order for you to be able to heal. Have you ever been in the situation where somebody did something horrible to you and you wake up at two o'clock in the morning just thinking, oh, I hate that person. You know, have you done that? There is a bond created between you and the one who has harmed you. And in order to get free, in order to overcome in that situation, just like the whale, if the whale is going to get free, they got to break the rope. They got to get freed from the boat. Then they can start dealing with the harpoon and trying to get healing from that. But when we are connected and bonded through that sin and we sit and dwell on it, we're angry about it. We get more and more bitter then that damage is continuing to increase because the bond is grinding that harpoon back and forth within us doing more damage. And when we forgive, when we release it, we say, okay, God, you deal with them. You hold them accountable. I'm not going to hold them accountable. I'm going to release it. Then the bond is broken. And now we can deal with our wound and we can get some healing and we can get to the other side of it. So if you break the bond through forgiveness, then you can get free. You know, in this case, in somebody sins against you, you forgive and that breaks the bond. You know, maybe you're believing lies about yourself. It isn't just uh, somebody sinning against you, but you're believing a lie. You have to spy the lie and then that will break it. That will break it off. You spy the lie. Now you then have to begin the healing process. That isn't the finish of the healing process. It's the beginning of the healing process. And you go through that healing process and you need to heal because hurt people, hurt people, people who have gotten harpoons in them naturally are throwing harpoons at other people. When you're wounded, you wound other people. I remember in uh, fifth grade, I broke my elbow playing football in the yard and, uh, Somebody came over to check on how I was doing and I kicked him in the stomach as hard as I could. And another person came to see how I was doing and I punched him in the face as hard as I could. And then they, they kept their distance. But why did I do that? It wasn't that I didn't like them. It's that my arm was broken. I didn't want anybody to touch me. And this is how wounds will show themselves. Hurt people, hurt people. Let me tell you, healed people can heal people. If you've been through it, And God has brought you through to the place where you're overcoming. Now you can help other people who are going through it. Heal people, heal people. And then you get to the place where you've risen into being a mature and wise follower of Christ. So overcoming when that harpoon hits you, when there's the sin in this world or there's lies that you're believing or whatever it is that's coming at you that you need to overcome. If you just wallow in it, you don't break the bond, then you're going to just get deeper and deeper into it, more and more calloused, more and more wounded, and you're not going to overcome. But if you can break that by forgiving and releasing, and man, that can take years. So understand this isn't just like, oh, okay. This is a deal where you got to fight. This is 
facing the giants in the land. You're facing Goliath. It's a real fight, but you can get there. I believe you can do it. You can spy the lie and no longer be believing a lie about yourself. And then you can start to heal. So how do we do this? There's our example, the harpoon story. You know, the evil hits us. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is going to involve forgiveness, breaking that, healing, you know, healed people, heal people. And then uh, now we're getting to that place of being a mature, overcoming follower of Christ. So what are two keys to overcoming? Number one, look in the mirror. And number two, look to the Lord. So here's two keys to overcoming. Look in the mirror, look to the Lord. I want to go to James chapter one for our uh, work on this one. Verses 22 through 25 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed. In what they do. So look in the mirror. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. An important part of overcoming is taking a long, deep, true look in the mirror to see who you are, what you've done, all that. You got to see it, you got to look at it. It's a challenge. And then when you get over your disappointment, you know, because who wants to be who you actually are? We have all these big dreams and all this stuff. And we're taught all these idealistic views of who we should be. I'm going to be an astronaut and whatever. And, And there's inevitable disappointment. But you can come to peace with who your creator made you to be. And you can come to peace with your unfair circumstances. Look in the mirror, realize who you are, your unfair circumstances. And when you get over your disappointment, you can look to the Lord because you're not alone. God is with you. If you trust in him, let him help you. So we want to look in the mirror. We want to look to ourselves. A big part of overcoming is honesty, looking at who we are and not just negative honesty, positive honesty as well. And then looking to the Lord, trusting in God. So overcoming has to do with me and God and us working together to get me out of my circumstance. So just like the nation of Israel, Israel couldn't do it on their own. They absolutely needed God, but God wasn't going to do it for them. They needed to participate. And it's the same thing with us. We need God to overcome in these situations, but he's not going to do it for us. He's requiring our participation. Let me give a simple It's almost a mundane example, but it was important to me. I preach. I'm a preacher. I don't know if you think I'm doing a good job right now or not, but it's a scary thing standing up in front of people or standing in front of a camera and trying to represent the truths of God, trying to represent the Lord Jesus Christ to people. It's like you're doomed to fail. How am I going to successfully do that? Represent the truths of God, represent the Alpha and the Omega to you effectively. You think I've got the the capacity and the skills to do that? It's like you're set up to fail. I feel called. I feel like I got to do this, you know, and it was so scary. 
to try to communicate the things of God. Cause you know, you're going to be misunderstood and you're going to say things wrong. And it's, it's just, it's a rough deal. And so I was always really scared to speak in front of people. Not that I was scared of the people, but I didn't want to make a mistake and harm somebody. You know what I mean? Like people are spiritually damaged by preachers who say dumb stuff. I don't want to be that guy. So I would just pray, God, you got to give me something good. These people are coming and they're, they're not coming to hear some fool say something stupid. They're coming to get something true from you. That's going to change their life. You got to show me something. What do they need to hear? And God would show me something and it was good. And then I would preach and it would be beautiful. And then I would think, wow, I'm getting good at this. Wow. I think, I think I got this figured out. And then what do you think would happen? Then the next week, you know, it would be terrible. It would be this disaster. And I'd be like, oh no, Lord, I'm sorry. You got to help me. And then the next week it would go better. And I was on this roller coaster because I didn't understand what God's part was and what my part was. I didn't have a clear picture in my head of how to trust in God and be diligent and do my part at the same time. So I would get too dependent on myself and think, yeah, I'm starting to figure this out. And then I wouldn't rely on the Lord to do his part. I would try to do his part and it would all fall apart. And then I would get scared and worried and nervous and cry out to God. And then it would work out okay, but it still wasn't healthy. And it was up and down. It wasn't consistent. And so that was bad. And what I finally learned is that John 5, 15 is actually true. And I can do that and relax in it. Let me just turn to John 5, 15 so I can say it exactly right. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What's my job? My job is to abide in the vine, to stay connected to the Lord. If I do that, then I can trust God to show up. What should they know? What do they need to know? And God will show me something. Tell them about overcoming. Somebody's going to watch this that needs to know that they don't have to be a victim anymore, that they don't have to be overcome anymore, but that they can be empowered by Almighty God to break free from their bondage and come into the promised land. Somebody's got to hear that message, and I can share that message, and hallelujah. And I don't have to make it happen, but I can abide in the vine. So I got to do my part, but I'm going to trust God to do his part. All I got to do is tell you a a truth from the scriptures. Today's truth is that you as a follower of Jesus are called to overcome. You can do it. And so when I finally learned to just relax and trust God, let God do his part, I'll do my part. Then I didn't have to go through the, the fear and failure cycle. I could just trust. And it's so much better. That's a simple example. We're going to start to land the plane here. I don't pretend to know what you have in your life to overcome. I don't pretend to know the trials and the struggles and the hardships. I certainly don't pretend to say that it's easy, that it's automatic. I've been trying to make the point that it's not automatic, that you got to fight. You got to go to war. You got to battle. But I'm going to say this. I believe in a God who does miracles in people's lives. I believe in a God that helps people overcome that apart from him, we can do nothing. But if we abide in the vine, we'll bear much fruit. And the first fruit, the first change for the kingdom of God that's going to happen is going to be within you. So let me ask you this simple question. Why not you? Why not you be the overcomer? 
Why not you be the one who gets the victory? Why not you take the promised land? Why not you? We serve a God in heaven that brings people out of the mire and sets them with princes. Why not you? Why can't you go from being a victim to being empowered? Why not you? Why can't you go from being addicted to being free? Why not you? Why can't you reject the lies spoke over you and come to peace with who you are? Why can't you have that? You can. Why can't you have a sweet relationship with Jesus in this life instead of being afraid of God or feeling like you're a perpetual failure and you have a distance between you and God? Why can't you have that good relationship with Jesus? Why can't you overcome? You can add overcoming faith to your circumstances, to your suffering, to your hardship. Look in the mirror and see who you are. And then look to the Lord. Who are you? You're a normal person. You're somebody that Jesus loves. And who is God? God is the one who has the power. And we can connect with him. We can hook up with him. And he can see us through. You can overcome. I want to close with Philippians chapter one. Few verses there. Verses, we'll read three through six. We're going to focus on verse six. It says this. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. You're not on your own. Don't think that you have to carry this burden. You have to abide in the vine. You have to stay connected with the Lord. You have to trust him to give you the tools to be able to overcome. He's not going to do it for you, but he will give you what you need to succeed. We're going to pray. If you've been going through this battle for a long time, you've hit in times of stagnation. You've hit in times of, of discouragement in your walk with Christ. Today's the day to add overcoming faith to your walk with Christ and believe to overcome. It's a battle. It's a struggle. God will be with you. Why not you? You can overcome. If you've never started a relationship with Jesus, or if the stuff I'm talking about is just so much more than your petty little religious relationship with the Lord, I got to tell you, it's time for you to come to Jesus. It's time for you to start a real relationship with the living God. And so we're going to pray. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray uh, what, they, what we call the sinner's prayer. It's basically really, really simple. You ask for forgiveness. You pledge to give your life to Christ. Walk with him basically it. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. So let's pray. Let's all seek the Lord for something good. Heavenly father. I thank you that you don't leave us here stuck in our rut, broken and without help. But Lord, you are the savior. You save us. You are our deliverer. You deliver us. You are our healer. You heal us. Lord, thank you for your great and mighty power for us to overcome. If you're right now, if you've never given your life to Christ and you're thinking, yep, now's the time. Here's what you need to do. Just pray, pray the the forgiveness prayer. Father, I ask you to forgive me. I know what Jesus did on the cross was sufficient for me to be forgiven. His blood was shed that I could be forgiven. I want to be forgiven so that I can be made right with you. And Lord, I want to, I want to learn your ways and live them out. I want to serve you and follow you in this life. If you prayed that prayer, You started the journey and father for the rest, Lord, we want to overcome. 
Let us not look at our circumstances and feel hopeless. Let us not look at the situation and magnify the situation. But Lord, let us look in the mirror and see who we are and let us look to you and see who you are because you are greater than the circumstance. You are greater than the sin that needs to be overcome. You are greater than our hurts and our wounds. You are greater than our unfair circumstances. You are greater than all the obstacles and everything that hinders. And so father, help us to keep our eyes on you confident in this, that you began a good work in us and you will see it through to completion. So Lord, encourage us, strengthen us, help us to walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen.